Well, good morning. My name is Aaron Girdler. I'm pinch hitting for Pastor Jim. Uh, my on-base percentage isn't all that great, but um, I'm here anyway. And uh, this, this Sunday, some of us think it's the first day of the new year, but what it really is known as in the church across America is Youth Pastor Preaching Sunday, because the pastors all go out of town, and unfortunately, you got third string, and you got me today. But I'm really excited to be here. So, y'all just a little bit nervous going into 2022? You know, kind of like maybe getting to the door and just look a little bit to see if it's going to be the murder hornets or, oh, more COVID, more play, whatever it is. I've seen those memes all over Facebook. And the, the big joke is that 2022 is pronounced the same whether you say 2022 or 2022. <laughs> it can be a little bit unnerving. Plus, you just come out of the Christmas holidays. And Christmas time in Thanksgiving to Christmas is known in the mental health industry sector of our world as the most trying time for people in their mental health. Uh, Christmas is exciting. It's wonderful. We're celebrating the birth of our Savior. It's everything's positive about it. Unless maybe you lost a loved one in the last year or two and you're celebrating your first Christmas without them around the table with you. Or your family still isn't speaking to each other. Maybe your kids are still fighting or. You know, grandma can't make it this year because she's got to be in quarantine or whatever, whatever it is. It's a, it's a trying time mentally for a lot of us. And yet, Paul, I think, has the audacity to say to us, be anxious for nothing. What? <laughs> Paul, do you not see the world do you not know that you're getting arrested, you're getting thrown in prison, you're going to get beaten up, and then they're going to kill you? Don't you think Paul should be aware of that? And yet, he says, be anxious for nothing. And that's what I want to talk about today, is how do we find peace as we head into year 30 of the pandemic? I'm sorry, three. As we head into year three of the pandemic, how do we find peace? I know for me, this trying time started in 2019. My father died in, on March 1st, my mother died on July 13th, and my uncle died on August 4th. And in the space of five months, I lost an entire generation of my family. We had just moved here to Texas. Neil and I were brand new in this church. I didn't know a whole lot of people yet. And it was kind of scary times for me. I did not know how to cope. I did not know how to find peace in the midst of that year. Slowly, 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 2020 came around, and that was going to be 2020 clear vision, you know. I can see clearly now. No, that's what we're hoping for. And so I'm going into 2020. It's going to be the year of health. It's going to be the year of healing. It's going to be the year of hope. It's going to be the year that I was in lockdown for 12 straight weeks and couldn't get my hair cut. I mean, it, it didn't turn out the way I thought. 
So then 2020 is coming up. I'm thinking 2020 is good. 2020 is really good. 2021 is going to be better. It's going to be so much better. And here we are in the year of the second year of the pandemic. And it's, we're having more people get sick per day than we have in the entire past of the pandemic being upon us here in the United States. So it didn't actually get better. My circumstances, your circumstances, did not change. Boy, doesn't that bring you hope? Gosh, Aaron, thanks for being so uplifting on this first Sunday of the new year. <laughs> but you know what? Your heart can change. Your soul can change and be renewed. The circumstances may not change, but it could be a much better year for you. And we got to look to Paul here when he says, be anxious for nothing. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast your anxiety on him for he cares for you. Some of you know it as cast your cares upon him. NIV says anxiety. And how do we do that? You know, I'm like, okay, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Okay, it's all not so much better right now. And we try to make things better under our own power and under our own steam. And Paul says, that's not what I'm saying here. Take a step back and look at the whole thing. So we are in Philippians 4 today, verses uh, 2 through 9. Um, the verse 1 is an opening greeting verse, so we're just going to start with 2. It says, I plead with Iodia, and I plead with Sintichi. And yeah, I learned how to say those words. Uh, to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, fellow yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the God of and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. We always seem to jump to be anxious for nothing. If you're struggling with something, we always seem to go, okay, I can't be anxious. I can't worry about that. And, and how well does that work for you? Probably not great. Because anxiety is not necessarily something you can just, okay, I'm not worried. I'm not anxious. I'm not worried. I'm not anxious. Yes, I didn't sleep at all last night because I was so worried. But that was last night. Today, I'm going to be so much better. Paul says, that's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to kind of follow a few steps here and learn how you can have peace in your life in the middle of the turmoil. The circumstances won't change, but you will change in the middle of it. So we know that we have peace with God through Christ's work 
on the cross. We're no longer condemned to an eternity without God or without hope. So we have peace with God through the cross, but how do we experience the peace of God? And Paul tells us here, um, he said, uh, most, I'm sorry, if we go back to verses uh, 2 and 3, let's start at the beginning and see how Paul builds on this succession. One, uh, that's not the right word. Anyway, he builds on it uh, to, to help us find peace, okay? He says to Iodia um, and Sintichi, Iodia, which means uh, pleasant fragrance, a great fragrance, and uh, Sintichi means fortunate. So those are kind of cool names. These are women who have contended, who have worked for the gospel alongside Paul, um, and they're having some problems. They're butting heads. They're not seeing eye to eye, and they're causing disruption in the church. So he says, I plead with Iodia, and I plead with Sintichi to agree with each other in the Lord. The first thing Paul is telling us here is, you're never going to have peace in your life if you have something or holding on to something against another person. Paul says, go and make it right. Okay? Go and make it right. And then he says, if you can't make it right, I'm asking my fellow yoke, my yoke fellows, fellow what does he say? Sorry. My fellow workers, my loyal yoke fellow, that's us. Paul's talking to the church now. So he's saying, Iodia and Sintichi, y'all know what's going on. They're ripping each other apart, and it's going to tear apart this church. Come along beside them. Help them find reconciliation. Don't just ignore it, because when we ignore problems, they get worse, and they fester, and then they get infected, and it doesn't work. So I'm not telling you to go around sticking your nose in everybody's business, but if you have to see someone who's really struggling with another uh, believer, start praying for them. Step in and start asking questions and see if you can't help them find reconciliation. Help them work toward an agreement. Because these are people that we're working with in the church to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. And if the church sees us fighting, I'm sorry, if the world sees the church fighting, they don't, they don't want to play. Do you want to play on a team where everybody's backbiting and fighting? I want to play on a team. And so Paul is telling us, to work together to bring about peace. Allow the body of Christ to help you out. Now, I just want to throw this in here. You are not responsible for Iodia and Sintichi making up. Okay? That's not your job to make sure they figure it out. It's your job to come alongside them and pray for them and help them, maybe brainstorm with them, help them solve the problem. If you're Iodia or Sintichi, it's not your job to make the other one agree with you or to ask for your forgiveness, okay? We are not in control of anybody else. We're only in control of ourselves. So if you're taking steps for peace, then maybe the other person will too. And any way you look at it, God tells us to take steps for peace. Don't let things fester. Don't let it blow up. Don't let it cause, like, you know, it's, uh, we went on a hike yesterday. It said it was easy, but it was a little bit harder than easy. 
And I forgot my brand new walking sticks at home, and so my grandchildren found me this great stick. It was wonderful until I realized it was cedar and my hand was breaking out, but it, it still worked. Um, you, you ever get a rock in your shoe? I, I always try and, you know, squinch my toes up and push it to where it won't be somewhere where my feet are touching, like what, my feet are elevated in my shoes? I don't know. But I always, I never want to stop and get the rock out of my shoe. But if I stop and get the rock out of my shoe, I can walk comfortably and I can walk much further. It's the same thing with this tension between people. If you've got this tension and you ignore it, the rock is still in your relationship. It's still going to bug you. It's still going to irritate you. It may even cause a blister and you're still in trouble. So stop and work to get the rock out between the two of you and make it better. Um, then Paul goes on to say, uh, after you've done these things, he says, now I want you to rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say it, rejoice. The word rejoice here uh, uh, means to be calm, happy, joyful, like greet people with a smile. It means a joyful greeting. Rejoice in the Lord means wake up in the morning and change your attitude. If you wake up in the morning, you go, oh, Lord, it's morning. Why change you get to, oh, Lord, it's morning. Let's go. Change your attitude. Rejoice in the Lord. Choose to worship. Pastor Jim talked about this last week, and it was a phenomenal sermon um, on ending the new year, or ending the old year with rejoicing and entering the new year with rejoicing and adoration of our Heavenly Father. He also says in verse 5, let your gentleness be evident to all. By the way, that includes our children, or in my case, my grandchildren. Um, to be kind. I know that's a big buzzword in the world now, to be kind. You know, practice kindness, be kind. We see posters all over. And every once in a while, I'm like, get over it. You know, I'm, I'm done with the be kind stuff. <laughs> and God says, or Paul says, be kind. Be gentle. If you're angry with someone, don't go running up. Like, it never works in my marriage. Sorry, Neil, throwing you under the bus, but in the love of the Lord. Um, it never works in my marriage when I'm mad at Neil. And I know that's so rare. It almost never happens. Like, maybe twice in the last 39 years. Okay, maybe 39 minutes. But um, when, when I, and I'm the one with the more of the temper and the... Uh, my Irish blood, I blame it on the Irish, but it's me sinning, not the Irish in me. It's just me. Um, but if I come at Neil like this, I'm like, Neil, why, did, why would you do that? Why would you do that? First thing he does is clam up, shut down, walk out of the room, and we're not solving anything. And now I'm really mad. <laughs> Now I'm starting to go into boil, not just slow simmer, but roiling boil. Okay? Paul says, don't do that. <laughs> Be kind to one another. Let, when I'm upset with Neil, my attitude is, why in the world would you do that? Maybe is, Neil, I'm not, I don't get why this is going on. Do we need to talk about something? 
You know, just change your attitude and be gentle and be kind. Yesterday, my granddaughter was, we took her to the park next to our house, and she was trying, she wanted to go down the slide again. Well, some wonderful teenage vandals had broken the slide, and so it was jagged on the top of one of those tube slides. But she tries to practice going down so her back won't hit it, and her back hit it. Again, this is the third time she's done that. She keeps trying. It's, I would like to say that she's not learning, but what it is, it's her go-for-it go for attitude. This time, I'll do it differently, and I won't scratch my back until she gets to the bottom of the slide and starts crying. And the way I handled it this time was I said, baby, we're not going to... She goes, you're going to touch it with a washcloth. It's going to hurt. And I go, nope, not going to use a washcloth. I walk into the bathroom, and I pull out three cotton balls, and I show her how soft they are. And then I said, I'm just going to dab, dab, dab this with water. Okay. So we dab, dab, dab it with water. She splayed out on my bed because this is, you know, a really serious injury the size of, I don't know, not even a dime, but, you know, it's serious because there's blood, so... It happens. And then I take another cotton ball that's dry, and I dab, dab, dab it. And then I get the aloe vera lotion with a little bit of lidocaine in it, and dab, dab, dab that on it. And I wave over it to dry it off and put uh, Anna from Frozen, the princess, Band-Aid in the middle of her back, which, by the way, there's nothing on the cotton balls, so there's no blood leaking anymore. But I, I needed to, instead of saying, Kate, my, you know, I'll be honest, my first thought is, Kate, why would you go down that when you know you're going to scrape your back? Instead, I flipped to, okay, honey, let's go take care of that. No, we won't use a washcloth. Because we want to be kind. I want my gentleness to be evident to her. I want her to come to me when she's hurting. I don't want to shut her down. Same thing with us. Let your gentleness be evident to all. So now you've healed a relationship. You've, you're going to, what? You've healed the relationship. You've allowed the body of Christ to help you. You're rejoicing in the Lord. You're changing. You're purposely changing your attitude. And your evidence, your, your gentleness is evident to all. You're practicing kindness. Now is when Paul says, be anxious for nothing. Take care of all of these things. Now, don't worry about anything. And then he tells us how. He says, but in everything, give it over to God through prayer. This word prayer here means to earnestly worship. It's an oratory. It's, an, it's a crying out loud to God. So through prayer, cry out to the Lord. Tell him what you're anxious about. Tell him what you're worried about. That you want to leave these things in his hands, but you're not quite sure how to even go about doing that. Okay? And then he says, with prayer by prayer and a petition. A petition means um, it's a prayer request. It's a supplication. Bring your prayers to God. Ask him for help. I usually spend about 30 to 60 minutes or more worrying about something before I go, oh, maybe talk to God about that. Okay? By prayer, 
through worshiping God and petition, uh, make, make, making God aware of what's going on. Yes, he can read my mind. Yes, he knows, but it's really important for us to speak it out loud. To, to, to pray and let God know what's going on. And then he says, and with thanksgiving, this, it's a grateful attitude. It's grateful language. Lord, this is what I'm worried about. Um, I, I will be honest with you. Uh, I uh, suffer from anxiety. It's something that I've been diagnosed with, and I know it doesn't seem like it because I always am joking around, but I have that kind of rolling feeling inside of my body when I get nervous and when I get anxious. It's kind of like a, a flutter that goes like this. And then I start stewing on it and I start thinking about it and I try and take my mind off of it and I can't. So there's anxiety and there's anxiety. Some anxiety needs more help than you can give yourself. Some anxiety needs maybe a counselor or some really good talking with a close friend. Some anxiety needs medication. That's because it's a disease, okay? There's no shame in getting help. But don't just rely on the anti-anxiety medication. Take that so you can think clearly, and then with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. There's no problem, there's no shame in getting help. But don't just rely on humans. God put those people with tools in your life to help you. Okay, God equipped them. But now it's up to you to take advantage of their help and to practice what Paul's telling us here in the Word. He says, and then his peace will transcend all understanding. Understand what this means. It doesn't say... His peace will help you understand the situation. His peace will make everything right so you will really get understanding. It says his peace will go over everything and transcend it. This hasn't changed down here. It's changed here. The peace comes from Christ working in your heart and in your life. The pandemic's still going on. My parents are still dead. I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to be crass, but I, I don't get them back. I get to see them in heaven one day, but they're still gone. Your children may still be fighting with each other. You may have lost your job, and you still don't have a job yet. The turmoil may still be going on, but God's, Paul says that God's peace will overcome that, will surpass that, will give you peace in the midst of all of that. You ever think about birds? I try not to think about birds, but I sometimes do. Do we have my first bird slide? Uh, yeah, there should be two. Maybe there's only one. Yeah, okay. That's chaos right there, right? There's nothing safe about being inside that waterfall. But do you see the bird? 
There's one, water, one, one waterfall, two waterfall, three waterfall, and then right in the middle is the bird nesting. The waterfall hasn't stopped. The wind hasn't stopped. The rain hasn't stopped. Everything is still going on. He's built a nest in there. He or she, I'm going to go with she probably. <laughs> She's built a nest in there. She is at peace. We often think of the bird and the tranquil scene and everything is perfect and the birds are chirping as peace. It is peaceful. And that's a good place for us to get. Okay? That's a great place for us to get to. But in the midst of the waterfall, in the midst of the rain, in the midst of all the tribulation, be at rest that God is with you, that he is mighty to save, and that he will bring you peace in the midst of all of this. John 14, 7 is the first verse that I remember memorizing. It's the first verse I ever remember. I mean, I know that I probably memorized John 3, 16 first. But in my church in San Diego growing up, we had uh, these memory work challenges. And so first, second, and third grade, you had to memorize these verses. And if at the end of third grade, you'd completed all of the challenge, you got a new Bible with your name on it. And even better, you got a trophy. I mean, you know. To a third grader, a trophy is way better than a Bible. Now, I would not say that now, but you got a trophy. And the first verse I ever learned was John 14, 27. King James Version. My peace I give... Let's see. Now, see, I've already forgot it. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's Jesus speaking to us. My peace I leave with you. When I go back to heaven, I'm leaving you with my peace. My peace I give to you. He's giving us his peace. Not as the world gives do I give to you. I'm not giving you world peace. Because world peace needs little guys with blue hel- soft baby blue helmets from the UN to hold the peace. The peace keepers. Jesus is a peace maker, and he will change all of that. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You don't need to be troubled or afraid because God has given you his peace, because Jesus has overcome the world, and he has given you his peace. I just want to read uh, from Psalm 91, and if you get a chance this week, read all of Psalm 91. It's when the Gulf War started. Yeah, I know that was a long time ago, back in 2000. Um, But I had a friend who was an Air Force pilot, and she uh, was flying a E-130? C-130. A C-130, which is an electronics plane. She was flying all over uh, Desert Storm, running the electronics so that they could hear and see and be visible in the battlefield. So she's flying this huge lumbering jet big thing, not a fighter jet, in a battlefield with things going off all around her. And the Lord took me to Psalm 91 to pray over her, and I prayed this over her every day uh, while she was deployed. 
He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers. Think about our bird. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Verse 14, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. Will I satisfy him and show me, show him my salvation. That's God's promise to us. Read Psalm 91, read the whole thing. Okay. Then uh, Paul says that his peace will guard our hearts and minds. The word guard here means to set watch, to hem in, and to protect. And our hearts and minds in this world need protecting. Okay? The, my strivings and my good works, trying to do the right thing all the time, will not protect my heart and my mind. That's God's job. And it's our job to rely on God and his peace, because it says his peace will do that, um, to guard us, to keep our minds strong. Um, it says, was it in a... Oh, rats, I lost the address. Second, first or second Corinthians, that, uh, that he tells us to take our thoughts captive so that we don't have this wandering mind and wander away from God, but take it captive and let God guard our hearts and minds. Finally, think... Okay, that's kind of a tough one for us. Think on these things. Think means to ruminate. Roll it over in your brain, kind of like chewing the cud. Okay, ruminate on these. Replace those lies with the truth. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. So instead of thinking, I have no job and I don't know how I'm going to pay rent, I'm really worried and spending all of this time thinking about my doom, keep looking for a job and think on what God is doing. Let God guard your heart from all that anxiety so that you will know his peace. So do you have something that's eating away at you? Is there something that's just, you're coming into this new year and you're anxious? I went through a thing a couple of weeks ago. I told Neil, I go, I'm just, I'm, I'm getting all tied up in knots and I'm nervous and I, I don't think I can preach on the second. I mean, why should I be preaching? What in the world do I have to offer anybody? And Neil's like, whoa, back up the truck. What's going on here, Air? And we talked for a little bit. But I'm like, I, I just don't know that I have anything to offer. And I'm terrified to leave my house. I mean, I've been vaccinated. I've been boosted. I, I, I'm practicing what I believe. Don't care what you do. I mean, I do because I love you. But your choices are your choices. And I'm absolutely fine with that. But... I've done what I think is the best thing for me to do, and so I need to live. 
I need to go out and live and trust in the provision of God for my life. But I tell you what, there are so many days when I wake up and I'm like, I am not leaving this house today. You can't pay me to go outside. And I start worrying. And then I'm thinking, how am I going to preach a sermon when I don't even know if I have peace in my own life? And God said, Aaron, why don't you practice what you preach? (laughs) Novel thought, that. Why don't you practice what you preach? So I've been working on thinking on these things. I did an inventory of my life, and there's not any relationships that I know of that I need fixing. I'm practicing kindness and service. But for me, it's continuing to bring those requests to the Lord and then thinking on thoughts that will bring clarity and purity to my mind. Whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is lovely. Think on these things. And so I would just encourage you this week to put into practice the peace of God and it will be with you. Put these things into practice and understand that the turmoil doesn't necessarily change. But like that bird that's in the middle of all that turmoil, you can know perfect peace by practicing what we know to be true and taking God at his word that we know this to be true. Father, thanks for bringing us here today. Thank you for how much you love us and how much you care for us and that you are always, always, always with us. I thank you, Father, that you have not left us alone, unable to live in this crazy world. But you sent your Son to die for us. And you sent your Holy Spirit to live in us. And you brought us here today gathered in the body of Christ. And you've given us the church to help us. And Lord, may we know, truly know, your perfect peace that surpasses, that transcends, all understanding. Amen.